Hello, magical money makers, and welcome to the EPOP podcast, episode nine of season one. Season one's theme is if you don't know already, <laughs> our journey to short term rental success. And this is the first of at least three bonus episodes. I know, I know. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Um, we decided to do these bonus episodes because the feedback has been incredible on this first season and this idea of short-term rentals. And there was a lot of things that we wanted to cover that, especially your questions. So the first two episodes are going to be these ask us anything uh, that you, you submitted your questions on Instagram, Heather curated them, and I'll go into how we're going to answer them today. And then the third bonus episode is going to be an interview with one of my the founder of one of my absolute favorite tools in the world and the thing that we use to make sure we have short-term rental success. So I'm super excited to have him on. You will be hearing more about that in the next coming episodes. So that'll be super, super fun. Uh, Hath, you were talking about the the trivia being a bit hard and I, and it has been. So I've decided to I hopefully. Mean, yeah. You've set me up for failure is essentially what you do, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm going to go a little lighter here. Okay. Um, and if I still get it wrong, then I'll be really mad. Well, it, it, you have a few outs. Here's why. Okay. And I'm going to hit the intro music as we go this. Hawaii as a state has the highest occupancy rate in the country at 65%. Take a guess at the net at the next four in the top five. So, what are the other states, states in the top five with the highest occupancy rates in the country? On my way through, I saw you on my way. Okay, so we said last episode that Honolulu had the highest occupancy rate of any city. Makes sense that Hawaii then as a state has the highest occupancy rate in the country at 65% and is nine percentage points higher than second. So, I mean, by far and away, if you can buy in Hawaii, your short-term rental is probably going to do really well. The problem is it's it's expensive to buy in, in Hawaii. Um, but the reason I thought this might be a little easier for everyone was that now you're just guessing at the top five. So it's like, okay, guess at the top five. Okay. You know, you don't have to get number two right in order. Just what do you okay. think? The other four. The other four. Uh, so I think Florida is probably one of the top five. Okay. Um, I am actually just pulling it up right oh, now. Well, oh, you don't know? Gosh. You don't know what the top five are? I, no. I, oh, it's, really? It went away. <laughs> it went away as I went to do it. It gave me the wrong stat. <laughs> um, I do know. I just don't know in which order they are in. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, I, I knew Florida's on there. Florida is number three okay. at 55.3%. Okay. How about Colorado? Colorado, surprisingly not even in okay. the top 10. All right. I don't think people need to know that information. Not even in the top 15. Okay. Thank you. Wait, which is surprising to me, but <laughs> Florida three. Uh, California. Four. New York. New York is, uh, they don't have the numbers next to I think like eighth or ninth. Okay. Hmm. The number two and number five. So you've got one is Hawaii, very moderate mm -hmm. temperate, like nice climate all year round. Florida, similar. California, similar. Two and five are not, are places that are not what you, they're not beat 
beaches at all. Right, but they could be mountainous. Mm, there you go. Right. So, but there are a lot of states that that would, I mean, Utah. Not Utah, although Utah has a very high average daily rate, meaning they charge a lot, but the occupancy not as high. Think of one, this, this was shocking me. Number two is one that I've been telling you that <laughs> uh, I've wanted to invest in for this reason. Oh, Tennessee. Tennessee, number Tennessee. two, 56.4%. I guess if I had really thought about that, because you've been telling me how much the Smoky Mountains do very, very well. Yeah, that's got to be renting. Smoky Mountains and Nashville got have got to be driving that. Maybe Memphis. I don't know nothing about Memphis. Well, and Nashville. Term. That's right. I said. That? Nashville oh, yeah. and Smokies. Yeah, yeah. Got to be got to be pulling that. Gotcha. So okay, okay. Go, I guess that that really was a fail on my part. I should no. have known that one. Heather, that was not a fail. You did really well. You got Florida right off the bat. Here, and I'll then give number you, five, Illinois, because of Chicago. I don't know because of the Great Lakes. The Great Lake. Yeah, Great Lakes. That would be part of. it. But is anyone going to the Great Lakes in the winter? I mean, I don't know, Ice but fishermen? in the summer, I guess it's pretty, so, pretty hop in place. I'll give you the top 15 here. Hawaii, Tennessee, Florida, California, Illinois, Washington State, Alabama, which was surprising, but Washington lots of coastline. State? I, I guess agree. Seattle is big. Washington and- State and Oregon, because it went Washington State, Alabama, okay. Oregon, Louisiana, hmm. South Carolina, New York, Arizona, North Carolina, Ohio, shockingly, and Nevada. So lots of states that you might not assume as far as, you know, Alabama, maybe Louisiana, South Carolina, North Carolina, coastal. Um, And then, like you said, you kind of have the, well, also Oregon, Washington, just West Coast. So I think it's, people love, people love the coast. And I feel like, yeah, when you're also thinking of what people are staying at, like in New York City, how many people are Airbnb and how many people are just staying in a hotel? That's true. You know, like That's there true. are definitely Airbnbs in New York City. We've stayed in some before, but some cities, first of all, have regulations. Yep. And some areas have regulations. And then otherwise, sometimes there's just more conveniences yep. to stay in a hotel. I agree. It, yeah, it depends what type of trip you're taking, right? Um, That's why I was a little shocked that Nevada was so high because there's so many casinos and options for other lodging. But hmm. I guess if you don't want that, yeah. Anyway, it was interesting. It was an eclectic mix. Um, So today, what we are going to do is we are going to get into some of the questions that you asked on Instagram. And today's episode, what we're going to do is there were some questions that came up again and again and again. So I I have curated them into specific topics. And then next episode, we're going to get to the questions that were just one off. So they were asked by one person. Um, they're a little more, you know, they're just a different question. Whereas these were ones that we got asked a lot. And, and by far, by far the question that we got asked the most, can you guess Heath? Again, I'm putting you on the spot. I feel, now I feel bad. I feel bad every time I ask you to guess. What, what would we've got asked a lot? How do you find Airbnb? Like, how do you find your properties? Mm, interesting. You know what? No one really asked that, but probably because eh. we did cover that yeah, in we did. depth. Okay. What we got asked a ton is, and this came from Have Toothbrush Will Travel. Love the name. Every time I get to say it on the show, love it. Uh, also, Aaron Edwards 17, C Vinters, Kate, Katie E. Rice, and Nick Thomas underscore 90. So they all asked 
a similar question of how do you transform your personal home to an Airbnb um, space when you travel? What do you remove? What do you do with your stuff? So a lot of people interested, someone even used the word house hacking, this yeah. idea of having a house that we, and we have done this to our house that we used to live in outside of Philadelphia. And now we do it here at the beach house. We rent out our place when we travel long-term to have it make money for us. And so this is a great, great question. Yeah, we actually get asked this question all the time just in our daily life when we're talking to people and they find out that we rent our house. That's always their number one question. Well, what do you do with all of your stuff? And so this is a little bit more my domain because I'm the one who furnishes all of our houses, whether they're investment or personal. And I'm the one who organizes mostly everything as well. So What we do, and I think the most important thing to do is to declutter your house. So you want it to be staged just as if you were going to sell it um, or what you would expect when you go and you rent an Airbnb. So that means to get rid of all of the clutter that you would see anywhere on tops of dressers and corners, whatever. And we try to keep this up throughout the whole entire year so that it's not so that it's not uh so overwhelming but i have to say that right now as we currently sit in our home office oh boy there's a lot of clutter that the home office is where we've been throwing all of our clutter as we get organized throughout the rest of the house and since we just decorated for christmas there's you know it's just a scene in here so so this this brings up a really good point that I wanted to throw out there because I think this is important is have a, have a space in your home or if your yeah. home's not big enough, have a rental unit or somewhere you can put it, uh, a friend's basement, a parent's attic, whatever, where you can put your stuff. And so for us, we have what is five bedrooms here in this house and three and a half baths. But one of the bedrooms, which we use as an office and bathrooms is set off kind of on its own. And we did this out of necessity when we rented it last December. We're like, well, where are we going to put our stuff? We don't have a basement. We don't have a garage. We don't have anywhere to put it. And we started putting it in this office and we just, and we rented it as a four bedroom, two and a half bath and closed the door to this part of the house and locked it. And People started booking it for December, January, February, and then people started booking it for the summer while it was listed as a four bedroom. And we thought, ding, ding, ding. We will never, like now this office just becomes the place where we can store our stuff. When we go, we can lock the door. So whether it's an owner's closet, you might need more room than a separate room. Like we said, a storage unit, have a place that you can put all of your stuff when you go, because you are going to have stuff, even, even if you are pretty minimal, you're going to have your clothes and you want to take your clothes out of your dresser or maybe yeah, out of and your I closet. Mean, when we, when we rented out our previous home in Phoenixville, we didn't rent it as much as we rent like our beach house and the beach house is a vacation destination. So I feel like here people expect to not have your personal items as much around. However, when we were renting out our house in Phoenixville, we did leave some things in the closets. Like we didn't clean out every single closet. We would declutter everything and we would make it look like more like a hotel than a personal home. And we would empty out some of the dressers if it was easy enough to like empty out the dressers in the primary bedroom or in our kids' rooms. Um, 
so that way people could use a dresser if they were staying there. And a lot of times that house got booked a little bit longer term for like a month or so. So you people might want to be using those spaces. But for the most part, we did keep stuff in our closets there. But again, decluttering is the main thing that you can do. And then just keep your valuables somewhere very safe, lock them up, and then... You know, just be clear in the listing what is available for guests to use. So if your primary closet is too much to unload somewhere else, you can put a lock on it or you can simply say, don't use this closet. Like at our at our previous home, I never locked that closet. I mean, if there was anything valuable, I would lock it up. But my closet just had my stuff in it. Yeah, we, we actually have decided to do that here where... For example, the room, our, our primary bedroom has a closet and a dresser. And we've decided that we're going to keep Heather's stuff in the closet and just lock it. And then my stuff's in the dresser. So I'll just throw it in a bin, bring it to this this bedroom that, you know, this office, office. that we lock and they can use a dresser. So you don't have to give people all, all your space, you, you know, figure out what's hard to, to move and if it's hard to move, figure out a way that you can keep it there and what's easy to move, um, you know. People ask all the time about like food in the fridge and all, you know, we, we don't remove all our food. If it's perishable and we're going away for a while, of course we will, but you know, it's okay. We leave flour and baking stuff and our spices and stuff like that. Like all the dried goods and crackers and things like that. I mean, we just leave them there, but we, we clean it all out. So people aren't opening like right now. Again, this is like a little peek inside our life nothing is organized right now because we've just moved and I feel like we've just let things get a little bit wild. So even our pantry, we need to organize. And therefore that's something to do on my list before we rent the house out in, if we rent it in January, when we go to Costa Rica, because you know, you open it and chips are falling out. So make sure that it's organized. Uh, what if so someone loves chips though? That's well, like a bonus. Well, I like, guess, but it's like I a chip mean, fountain right into their mouth as they open it. But, um, but yeah, clean, clean it up. definitely always get it professionally clean before you leave uh like before the guests come because yes you want it to be decluttered but you also want it professionally cleaned um and then you you'll get it you know they pay cleaning fees so you'll get it cleaned when they come back uh when you come back as well which is always super nice to walk into a fresh it's a nice reward too because you know of course you could clean it yourself when you before you go and when you come back. But for us, it was kind of was starting to get really overwhelming as much as we were renting out our home. Like, okay, I have to get everything decluttered. I have to get everything organized. Then I have to pack for a trip and then I have to make sure the house is like completely clean. It was just too much. So we decided to hire a cleaner before and after and it just made it so much nicer as a little reward for yourself because it is a lot of work to get your home ready. I mean, it's worth it. It might not be worth it for a weekend, but if you can do it consistently or you can do it for a long period of time, if you're leaving for a couple yeah, weeks or months. We're at the point where if it's if it's two weeks or more, we'll, we'll do it. Um, we're probably not. We probably wouldn't go through all that effort to do it for a week I don't because it just so. doesn't yeah. seem worth it no um depends on the type of place you have if you're single and you live in one bedroom and it's easy to get stuff organized fine uh the last thing I want to say on this is you know if if you have anything valuable for sure take it out of the house this isn't to say we haven't experienced stuff with people stealing stuff but that that's one reason but also just if you have decor that means a lot to you if you have uh, you know, something like a family um, heirloom or something, and it looks nice when it's out. Well, okay, there might be an accident. Someone might break it. So, you know, w- either it's worth a lot to you or it's worth a lot. Take it, take it down. 
Um, again, maybe it's something that's on the wall. You, if you think it looks weird with your wall not decorated, then have another piece that you swap in and out. That's super easy. But, you know, again, we leave a decent amount of stuff, but if it's something that we would be heartbroken if it broke or got taken, we then lock it up in the in the office here. And um, and so that that's what we do with our stuff. And it, it has worked really, really, really well to us. I will say as well, and uh, a friend of mine told me this when she was renting out her place in New York City, that she thought guests took better care of it when she had some of her stuff out, not valuable stuff, but some of her stuff out so they knew it was her apartment versus trying to clean it and make it look like a hotel room because people will realize, oh, this is someone's home. Like, I want to take care of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, nobody ever, ever trashed or misused our personal home ever. Never. Yeah. So that's what, there's something to be said for that. We've had a, a lot of guests through. The last thing I would mention, I know I already said the last thing, but this is the last thing, is, is it, if, are you sure? if there's something that you don't want them to use, but you can't like lock up in a room or somewhere, just, just tell them. I, I've done that with my surfboards here. I've said, okay, you know, there's two surfboards down here I don't want you to use. If you go out, could you take out this, this one because it's older? And we haven't had issues with people not like disagreeing with that or not following those rules. So there you go. Great question guys. And one that we got from five different people. So it's, we have really enjoyed the house hacking and, and being able to um, help negate some of our mortgage by renting out our personal home, um, especially here at the beach house, because it it's a substantial mortgage and we knew that we would be renting it out when we went away. That was always part of our plan when we started. Um, okay. Moving on to furniture and decor, we had a few different questions. I, I mean, your eyes should light up now, Hath. We have a Ooh. few different questions with this. Uh, one just comes from Jennifer J. Collins and Dylan Badger. Dylan Badger had a few questions, so thank you, Dylan Badger, for being so active. And they just says, where do you get your furniture and decor? So I sourced this from a couple different stores, but the main ones really are Amazon, Target, HomeGoods, um, every once in a while from Wayfair, but not too often. Uh, we just really, we do a lot on Amazon and Target. Um, Ikea. Ikea. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, now that of. North Carolina, uh, we don't have an Ikea near us at all. And with the pandemic, there's so many things at Ikea that are out of stock. So I haven't used Ikea very much for our two houses. And then there's various shops online that I use, like if there's a sale, sometimes I'll do something from West Elm or um, trying to think of other ones. But like, for example, I just found this one called Har Harimati or something like that. They have very few furniture pieces, but I just ordered two coffee tables for our bungalows because they had a Cyber Monday sale. And they're beautiful, real wood and rattan, and they were like $100 on sale. So, you know, if you can find stuff, I also source things locally at secondhand shops. We love to find dressers at secondhand shops. If you can't get an Ikea dresser, um, you know, if you don't have one nearby, you can go to a secondhand place. And if you like refinishing furniture or just having them as is, that's cool too, because then it makes your Airbnb look a little more unique than just having everything from either Target or Ikea. Uh, so yeah, we like to throw in some of those from different furniture used. Um, I would say overall, what we tried to do is keep 
60 to 70 percent of the pieces the same so that it's not like you're recreating the wheel every time by that i mean and and gp uh gebert 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 i don't know greg i don't know how to say your last name um asked do you have a favorite mattress type and brand and how lux do you go so um this kind of leads into this question 60 to 70% of the stuff, I would say we we know what we're getting. So we we know what mattresses we're getting. We get them off Amazon. They're awesome. They're called Zenus, Z-I-N-U-S. Um, they're memory foam. We love, they have 8, 10, and 12-inch ones. We like the 12-inch are more, are more, more soft, plush. Yeah. more plush. We usually go with the 12-inch ones. Um, they also have bed frames. So we kind of, we've gotten a bunch of bed frames. So we know like which headboards we like. So stuff like that. Um, we, we try to keep consistent because it takes a lot of the effort out of it. You know, we're getting Ikea silverware, we're getting usually the same type of knife sets and stuff like that. And then maybe for like 30 to 40% of stuff, we try to make it unique. Now, the hardest things to find we have found are for sure side tables and dressers. Um, just cause those items are really expensive. Like you can get a nightstand. Yeah. I mean, hundreds of dollars for a nightstand and we try to keep all of our side tables and nightstands, you know, at a hundred to 150 max dollars. And so, I mean, you're putting in a nightstand, if you have a four bedroom house <laughs> and you're putting a nightstand on each side, you're, yeah. st- you're starting to spend a lot of yeah. money. And so, you know, we, we were getting a lot of those at Ikea or some on Amazon, but then the quality wasn't great. So anyway, you just have to de- decide what type of, you know, accommodation you're going to do. And then you can get your stuff accordingly. I mean, if you want super luxurious, I mean, you could get everything at Crate and Barrel if you sure. wanted. But, you know, we we try to make it look as beautiful as possible with furniture that's not going to fall apart, but that also isn't the most expensive that you expensive furniture that you can buy. And and I guess having the go-tos is super helpful because yeah. I, and again, that's mostly actually just beds, beds and mattresses. You know, we have a few different couches we like, but every house is different with couches. So we're always we're sourcing from different places here and there, but it it does help Article is really great. Um, it's yep. a, we're actually sitting on an article couch and their couches are a little more expensive, but the quality is really, really, really good. And um, the one that's in our home office is actually a sleeper sofa. And it's a pretty comfortable one for being, you yep. know, a sleeper sofa. And it was under $2,000. I mean, just under <laughs> $2,000 for like a velvet really nice quality sleeper sofa. So that is, um, article is a good brand for that. They're also good for outdoor furniture and some other things around the house. And so just to reiterate that mattress, uh, yeah, it, we, you go usually 12, sometimes 10 inch memory foam Zenus from Amazon. They come in a box, you know, which is super nice too, because if you're getting a bunch of beds, you know, they come shipped to you in a box, you open them up, you let them fluff out for a day and you're good to go. Um, As far as I think Greg was asking, how lux do you go with the bedding? What we love about these is they're super cheap mattresses comparatively. If you're getting king, you might be talking three fifty to actually. 450. I just saw on Amazon it was like six hundred and fifty. Oh, the word is out. Yeah, well, or the probably- word is, I think it's more manufa- like distribution and manufacturing, as with most things right now and the pandemic. I think it's just a situation like okay. that. So maybe they'll go back down, but usually they're about four hundred for a king. And people love them. Like we have people t- say to us, "Where did you get these mattresses?" I want to buy the same ones. They're probably thinking they're going to spend fifteen hundred, two grand on these, and we tell them, actually, it's super easy. You can yeah, so Amazon it saves there. a lot, yeah. leaving you room to get 
really nice bedding. So I always get 100% cotton. I don't like to do microfiber or polyester or fleece or anything like that because I think, feel like it makes people not sleep as well or sweaty or things like that. So I always get 100% cotton either from Costco, from Target, from Amazon Basics. Um, and then just really nice bedding and just go extra on the pillows, you know, like you can get pillows at Costco, which again, they haven't had lately because I think of production issues, but they used to, the ones I usually get are called Black Beauty Rest, I believe from Costco and they're really inexpensive. They come in a two pack, but they're really nice pillows. So yeah, just make sure that you're getting something you would want to sleep on. And I think if you're taking over a place or you're turning your house into an Airbnb or anything like that, that's not a place you want to skimp. By that, I mean, you can get the cheap mattresses that we get, but that doesn't mean like you want to make the beds nice because if they're not, that will come out in the reviews all the time. So we've yes. looked at properties where it's like, oh, well, you could, this is turnkey. You can just keep the mattresses that are here. And we're like, no way. All new mattresses, all new bedding, because if that's not nice, people are going to complain no matter how nice everything else is. Um, all right, last to questions, comments with Decor and Furniture comes from Rihanna Autumn and Anna underscore GU. Rihanna says, would love to hear more about Heather's interior design work. Okay, we will tell you all about that right now. And then Anna says, Heather, where do you think you got your taste in decorating? How did you hone your skill? So let's start with telling people where they can see more of the work that you're doing, where if they're interested in hiring you, because you are starting to do this on a very... Um, I would say boutique scale, like you're not working with a ton of people, you're doing it very personalized with helping people who have Airbnbs and uh, and coming in as the decorator. Uh, how can people find out more about that? And then we'll get into how you honed your yeah, skills. Yeah, how I honed it. Uh, so you can follow my account that I share with my sister called Juju and Co on Instagram. J-U. J-U dot and dot co and we have also a website juju and co dot co it's not dot com it's dot co juju and co and um that is my business that my sister and i have together my sister it also is really good with in, with home styling but she is an artist and creator so she makes a lot of the wall hangings that we put at our properties and and, and she, she sells them. And she sells them. And so she does a lot of the art involved. And then I do a lot of the styling services where I'm going in and styling and staging Airbnbs and also personal homes, but mostly Airbnbs for clients. And so you can follow us there on Instagram and also check out our website. You can, if you're interested in getting a design a styling consultation or, you know, talking with me about that, you can, there's a form on the site there that you can, you can contact us or you can just, you know, DM us on, DM us on Instagram and follow us over there. Yeah. The other thing I should mention is when we're doing our STR lifestyle consulting, um, you can, if you're interested, this is for like six and seven figure earners who are basically ready to come in and get their first short-term rental and want to have uh, personalized help doing it. So I help you find the properties, negotiate, tell you what's good price, tell you how much you can expect. We run all the numbers, so I'm on that side. And then after you purchase it, uh, Heather does come in and do a one-hour consultation with you there. Um, and uh, you can check all that out if you want to apply. We've had some people apply, which has been super fun. strlifestyle.com. So the design consultation or one hour of it is a part of that 
uh, service as well. So where where did you hone your skills? So I would say that I started loving interior design and home styling at an early age, even when I was a teenager and we would get magazines and stuff, I would always love to read them. I used to binge HGTV before binging was even a thing. Like before Netflix existed, I would, in college, I was watching, you know, HGTV. Like binging was always a thing. You just yeah. couldn't binge right. a whole season of a binge show. Binge whole seasons. But yeah, so I've always really loved it. And then when we started doing our... Airbnbs in Philadelphia, you know, I got a lot of practice with all of those properties, kind of figuring out the best way to stage them and then the things that we shouldn't do or the things that we should do through that whole process. And since then, in the past five years, you know, I've just read a lot of design books. I follow a lot of design and DIY bloggers, you know, stylist Pinterest, my best friend, um, makes Travis really happy when I go on there and I'm like, Hey, now we're going to do this. <laughs> but yeah. You'll so notice I just, nothing's ever cheap on Pinterest. Yeah. It's always the super upscale stuff as that you're showing. <laughs> Maybe there's cheap stuff on Pinterest. But as much as Trav reads and thinks about real estate, I read and think about interior styling. So yeah, that's how I've honed my skill. I would Just say like reading. like like anything, modeling is is great. You know, find someone whose style you like. Mm -hmm. Look at their stuff, whether it's Heather's, whether it's someone else's. You know, try to recreate it. You probably won't get it right in the beginning because there's a lot of nuance to it, but you'll get you'll get a decent way there and then you'll say, "Hmm, why doesn't this look the same?" I, you know, with anything if you're trying to do it on your own, I you know, I always find modeling to be helpful. Obviously, if you don't want to do it on your own and you're like, nope, this is not my alley. I want someone to come in and do it. Reach out to Heth. Um, you obviously can see the work that she's done on Instagram and on their site and stuff like that. So if that's something, then reach out because there is times that we, and we especially espouse to this um, idea is that there's times where it just makes sense to hire someone to do it for you because they'll get it done faster. They'll get it done better. And uh, it's well worth every cent. So if you feel like it's worth it for you to hire someone when it comes to the decor. It probably is. <laughs> um, all right. Two more categories here. One is on wear and tear. And so these questions come from experience junkie, Shauna33033 and SeanMC570. So I'm going to lump these all together. Experience junkie has, says, have you ever had anyone trash your short-term rental? And Shauna33033 says, how do you make sure your decor or other items aren't stolen? Um, to answer the first question, yes, we've had someone trash our short-term rental, but only really trash it one time where we've had to make a claim with Airbnb. Yeah, most of the time, you know, there were some smaller parties which didn't really affect us. It was more our cleaners then had to bear the brunt of cleaning up after that. But it wasn't um, like broken items. I mean, and, and yeah, every once in a while. But the biggest, worst one did happen, and we had to make a claim. That was only one time in five, year, four years. And we made a seven, just so everyone knows, like a 7000 or $8,000 claim through Airbnb. Worked much like insurance company. You know, you provide pictures and a write-up of what happened. Um, and they actually, it was easier than insurance companies. They paid us out pretty quickly. Um, and it was a fairly painless process um, when it comes down to it. But that happened because we, we mentioned this in our last episode. We, we were renting, we rented to these people for one night and they were local 
and it was a big house. And uh, that's when we learned our lesson, like, hey, probably shouldn't rent, have one night rentals. We were trying to maximize as much as we could, get as much money in the door, dropped our prices, rent it for a night. That's when people came into parties. So um, we learned our lesson there. Yeah, you do have to be strategic about how you are allowing your house to be booked to avoid scenarios like that. And how do you, we make sure our decor or other items aren't stolen? We just talked about that. Um, put anything that you would feel you wouldn't want broken or stolen into a room um, and lock it if it's your personal house. If it's an Airbnb, I would say that, and just a straight investment property, you know, you want to have nice pieces, but don't buy anything so nice that if it broke again, you you would be like, this was irreplaceable. So if you have really nice furniture and uh, or really nice stuff, you're like, I'm going to put this in an Airbnb. Well, no, like make it nice, but go with stuff that can be replaced. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to go with the mindset that as much as you love something, it could get lost, broken, stolen. I mean, stolen, I think is rare. I, I've never had I an agree. issue with somebody stealing anything. Especially not decor, not decor and, and, and furniture. Yeah, I mean, like, sometimes toilet paper towels, paper towel, I guess. But to us, it's like not a big we deal. We did have someone steal a whole thing of toilet paper from us once, like a whole big Costco pack. Yeah, just, Either that or they went through it all in like two days, which <laughs> If they did, sorry, Yikes. guys. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've never really had any issue with people stealing stuff, breaking stuff. Yes, it happens inevitably. So just make sure whatever you're putting in there, you know, think that that might happen. Yep. And then the last question comes from Sean MC 570 How do you reduce expenses for wear and tear um, as well as maintenance? And this, I think, comes down to buying stuff that is that medium level quality, like you mentioned, um, you can skimp and buy the cheapest stuff, but you're going to have to replace it. If you find a good middle of the road piece, um, we really, really like that. Um, not that you don't ever have to replace anything, but it will, it will be worth its value and the money that you paid for it. Um, and as far as maintenance and stuff, one of the things we, we mentioned in, I think, the lessons learned, the last episode, is just to make a list of everything in the house. Write down models numbers, serial numbers. Not that this will necessarily save you money on maintenance, but it will save you a lot of time because you'll know when you have to replace air filters, hey, handyman, here's the air filters. It just, you know, it'll, it'll save them time, which means maybe you're not getting charged as much, things like that. So that's how, that's how you do it with, I mean, any other things to add on that really? I don't think so. I mean, the only way you can't really reduce maintenance because it's going to need to happen. Like, so if you plan for it, then you just know and hope that you don't have to use all of your maintenance budget. But also if you plan, like we were talking about doing with the quality control things, then you might be able to see something before it breaks. Like, oh, this chair is looking a little bit wobbly. Let me tighten it. Therefore, it's not going to break when somebody sits on it completely, you know? So there are those small little things that you could do to make things last longer, just like with car maintenance. You know, you got to get a tune-up all the time. You could do the same thing. Yeah, preventative things. And then, yeah, also we mentioned in the last episode, you know, don't wait three years to paint your Airbnb. Do a quality check and say, oh, there's some scuff marks on here. You could touch up, you know, have somebody touch up once a year. And then in three years, you won't have to have somebody repaint your whole entire house. I think that's a great point that that I forgot to touch on is that, and I'm glad you hit it, is monthly maintenance or bi-monthly, whatever, maintenance with quality control will save you money in the long run. And it will be easier 
for your accounting because you're saying, okay, I know every month we're spending 100, 125 bucks instead of end of the year. Oh, now we got a $3,000, $4,000 bill. Um, and your guests will be happier too because things hopefully yes. won't be breaking on them and the property will look better because you've yep. been doing it. It'll look better. So you'll make more. They'll be happy. Ultimately, it's way easier to, to maintain it as it goes than try to um, try to do it in one shot once a year or t- once every two years or something. The one thing I did want to mention that I thought of is also avoid shoving as many people into your Airbnbs as possible. Everyone says, oh, beds and heads. You know, that's how you make the most. How many, how many people can you sleep? Listen, we are big proponents of knowing who... And we've talked about this in episode three, knowing who your avatar is and then making the property as best as you can for them. Now, some of you might say, hey, my avatar is just the biggest groups and as many people possible. That's fine. That's not what we shoot for. We shoot for a more elevated property, a nicer property that sleeps less, but people are willing to pay more for because it's nicer. And so and then we have, that also helps with everything else, because yep. when you're trying to shove a bunch of heads in there, then there's too many people for the space. And so things just get worn out quicker. Yeah, we have quickly. a four. I mean, we rent this as a four bedroom here and we could feasibly probably sleep 14 people. If we said there's air mattresses and there's a pull out couch and there's this and there's that. And we say, nope, it sleeps 10 because we have a bunk bed in one room and we won't let people have more than 10. And guess what? We're going to get people who 10 people who come here, who are going to pay the same amount as someone who are coming with 16 people, but we are going to get the people who are willing to pay a little more. So that is our model that we follow. That's what we suggest other people do unless you know you have to do take each property as it comes but we go after higher level premium properties that's what we want our properties to be and therefore you don't have to get as many people and you're actually probably making more with less people and therefore having less maintenance and wear and tear so great great questions uh sean mc570 the last category we have here And then next episode, we'll go to all those one-off questions. But a few people asked us about cleaning and self-management. So Dylan Badger, back to Dylan Badger, says, what's the first things you would automate automate when self-managing? Cleaning services and then what? So for sure, cleaning services. Yeah. Like that's number one by a mile. Yeah. And then the other things that you can automate, you definitely should get booking software. So we talked about this a little bit in the management or not to manage episode, which I can't remember what number that was. Episode four. Um, Which I think this is what we're talking about is there's software that will, you can pre write answers to questions that people will have. And if people like type in the word, then the question will automatically, the answer to the question will automatically be sent to them. So there's there's a lot of software that can make it easier for you with guest communication. So that's one thing. Yes, automate messaging. It'll send them a check-in message, a check-out message. And as Heather mentioned, it, it uses AI. If you put in like parking, someone writes a message with parking, it'll, it'll, pro, it'll send them the parking thing. So definitely messaging. For sure, I would also automate um, like your listing. So you can use software. For example, um, our property managers use a thing called Your Porter, and that then serves as the dashboard 
for your properties. And if you only have one, that's fine too. But then if you want them listed on VRBO and Airbnb and this and that, it'll serve as the dashboard for all of those. So instead of having to go to the three or four different sites that it's on, you can just go there and it will it will help you integrate run that the and, and integrate all that. Yep. Integrating the calendar is super important. I would definitely hire out the cleaning. Um, what else would I automate? Um, you can, with the cleaners, with that software that we mentioned, your porter and your calendars, that will actually can be sent to your cleaner. So you don't have to even say, hey guys, come clean now. Like they should, they should be able to see the calendar and set up their cleans. Um, you can also, I would say those are the big ones, the cleaning for sure, the calendars and the messaging. You can also and- automate pricing. Yeah, with software and I you don't have to but I would say that's like the second step would be start we'll get a pricing software and start playing around with that and have that help you automate the pricing based on demand and then another thing that we have forgotten about because we haven't had to do it in so long but you know I was the one who would be then ordering the perishables the toilet paper the paper towels Um, so make sure that you have a day depending on how many properties you have where you are just ordering it so that the supply is there, or you can have talk with your cleaners and say, hey, are you willing to supply these for a fee so that when you go, you're putting these in. A lot Great of cleaners point. will do that. Some don't. Um, in Philadelphia, we found that most of the times the cleaners weren't doing that, so we had to make sure that... We'd buy it and we'd like stock it in the basement. Yeah. And, or, or And, you know, again, you might want to lock this up yeah. because they can get expensive. Put it in a lock thing and the cleaners would come and then they would just... Yeah. So if you provide coffee, things like that, make sure that you have a time set up where you're restocking those things. Um, And also, again, with the quality checks, you know, if the bedding being in communication with your cleaners, how do the sheets look? How do the towels look? Do they need to be replaced? Because, you know, eventually you do have to replace all that stuff. Someone should be doing at least monthly quality control, whether that's you or whether that's your cleaners and you're and you're asking the questions to report back to you or whether that's your property management company if you're not self-managing at least monthly. And if you're in a seasonal market like we are here where it's, you know, the summer is just crazy and there's every day, like every day for three months, there'll be someone in that house. You probably want to do it twice a month because, you know, two, yeah. three weeks, stuff can start can start yeah. looking and and this crazy. is something that we haven't mentioned but um actually it's good to remember that when you're buying bedding you have to buy two and three sets for each bed that way you know when the cleaners are turning things over they have fresh sets already ready and waiting um that includes comforters or duvets so if you're you know especially with covid these days people want to make sure everything is really clean when they arrive so if you have a comforter and has a duvet, you need two duvets for each bed. If it's a quilt, you need two quilts for each bed. Right. You need at least two sets of sheets for each bed, probably three, or let's say you have four beds, you should probably have, you know, 10 or 11 sets of sheets because inevitably one's going to get ripped, ruined, all that kind of stuff. So, yep, those are just things that, you know, you have to build in. Last question from Will underscore G underscore Brooke says, Laundry, question mark. We <laughs> use cleaners for our Airbnbs, but do our laundry ourselves. Will underscore G underscore Brooks, stop doing your laundry yourself. <laughs> Have your cleaners do it. Unless it's like a unit that, for example, our realtor has a unit under their house that's a studio. 
okay, fine, you could run down there, throw it in your washer and dryer and do it. But I would 100% have the cleaners do this as well. I, I would yeah. I would put that in with the cleaners. I would make sure that any cleaner that you that you hire is also going to do the laundry because why, why, like, yeah, why not? Yeah. I I mean, I think that that's definitely something you should outsource. And, you know, even if your cleaner can't do it for some reason, you can send it out to have it done, you know, at a laundromat, they'll do it for you. And then you can just pick it up like a laundry service. We have eight piles of laundry on our guest bed right now. And this is not Airbnb. Not anymore. I know our friend came and uh, actually was folding the laundry. Our friend, Miss Allison, who watches the kids sometimes. So we don't have them anymore. But listen, we have a lot of laundry as it is with two kids that we do not <laughs> need to be following the Airbnb laundry. So outsource that stuff. Thank you, guys. We got one more um, bonus episode as far as the AMA coming up that we're going to uh, be getting to all the rest of your one-off questions. And then remember, at least one more bonus episode as well, an interview with one of my favorite products out there that's going to help make your listings magical. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for all your questions. Thank you for all your love. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you can. Thank you for gauging on us on Instagram. There's just a lot of thanks going out. We are super excited to be doing this season, and that's why we added all the bonus episodes. Lightning struck in an open plane And we forgot this old city's name See your breath on window pane Let's just talk till it strikes again On my way through I saw you on my way On my way through I saw you And I'll see you again Someday No matter how many times I try I still don't understand how to fold a fitted sheet It's not that hard I've watched a thousand YouTube videos about it. You have not. All right. A hundred. All right. Ten. Lies. All right. At least three. Have you ever watched me do it? Yes. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm not doing our laundry. It's outsourced. <laughs>